Thanks, Scott. Good morning, everyone. This morning we are going to read Luke 19, verses 1 to 10. You can find those in the Bibles in front of you on page 1052. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Good morning, everyone. Great to be here. It's always uh, one of the exciting Sundays in the calendar for St. Matthew's, also for Manly. And uh, I know we're a week earlier than what we used to have with the long weekend, but it's great to be here for Jazz Church. Um, I want to speak to you today, we're in a series here at church called Stories of Grace and I've got a story particularly picked out that I thought was appropriate for today, but I want to start by thinking about doorways and uh, I don't know if you've thought much about doorways, they're one thing that you know we just go in and out of, we don't think too much about. Uh, When I was away on long service leave a number of years ago, I kept noticing my wife photographing doorways and she's got this uh, interest in them, there's all kinds of interesting doorways, I'll put a couple up on the screen if we've got them there, Di. Um, There we go. Um, You get all sorts of incredible doorways when you start looking. And this one I just thought was amazing, it's fascinating. Um, This one I really love because it just invites you in. And I don't know how you felt this morning coming into the doorways of the church, uh, but that's a doorway that just says, come in, enter, experience something. And I started thinking about my talk today, and I was thinking about this in relationship to the doorways here at St. Matthew's. And I just wonder, because we, it's the one day that I think we get the most people who just literally wander in the doorway. And I was thinking about doors, uh, they do two things. Firstly, they shut people out, and you can have closed doors. And I'm sure you all know that experience where doorways are closed, and you think, I'm not allowed in there. But doorways, as we've seen, invite people in. And one of the realities in inviting people to come to church as the senior minister, you won't be surprised that I invite people to come along. And I sometimes hear this phrase, I could never walk in that doorway because something bad might happen. The roof might fall in. And I wonder today, as you've come in today, uh, whether that might be something you worried about. I always assure people, do not worry, the roof is not going to fall in if you come in today. We are full of people who all have all sorts of issues and faults. And the story today that we've got from the Scriptures is the story of what would be one of the most unlikely people to have walked in, the equivalent of the church in Jesus' day, the synagogue. 
you would never have expected him to walk in that doorway. Let's have a look at the Bible reading that Kelsey read to us. It's the story of grace about a man named Zacchaeus. And we read this at the very beginning. It said, Jesus entered Jericho, which was a significant city in Israel in Jesus' time, and he was passing through, and a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. Let me just unpack those two terms, chief tax collector. Um, He would have been in his day someone who was despised by the religious people and just the common folk of Israel. The tax collectors basically attached themselves to the Romans who were considered the enemies. They would work for them. They would extract by whatever means available taxes from the Jewish people and put it into the coffers of the Romans. And they basically had a commission that they could take extra over the top. And whatever they took over the top, whatever they could extract, it was theirs. And they were completely ruthless and unscrupulous. And when it says he's a tax collector, he's not just a tax collector, it says he's a chief tax collector. He runs the business in Jericho. And when he says wealthy, I could imagine he was very wealthy. But the issue was he would have been hugely despised. Here's what one of the Jewish writers of the day said about tax collectors. Um, You should not even consider them to be human and it's actually not a sin to lie to them because... Lying to an animal is not a sin. That's in the Jewish Mishnah. That's how despised they were. And there's something more to note, though, about this Zacchaeus. And we see it in verse 3 and 4. It said, he, Zacchaeus, wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him. Because Jesus was coming that way. And I was thinking about Zacchaeus, in his day and age, he would have had all the trappings of success. He would have had the finances, he had the people working for him who were at his bid and call, he would have had the luxury that wealth affords you, and yet here he is, perched up on a tree, desperate to see Jesus. It's a fascinating picture. You could just imagine the crowds had kind of closed ranks and not allowed him in because of the disdain they had for him. But that didn't put him off. He basically climbed up and desperately sought to see this Jesus. But look what happens. Verse 5. When Jesus reached the spot which is where the sycamore tree was, he looked up and he said to Zacchaeus, come down immediately, I must stay at your house today. So he came down and at once welcomed him gladly. Now, I'm not sure if you catch how bizarre that is. You've got this person who is the complete outsider from a religious point of view. And you've got, on the other hand, the religious celebrity Jesus. And this is the end of his ministry. He's performed miracles all around the country. Crowds have followed him wherever he's gone. He has healed people. He has taught people. And the outsider is the one he chooses to go to lunch with. And I was thinking about it, if he was here in the city of Sydney and Jesus turned up, 
It's like he says, Dominic Perrottet, pass. Clover Moore, Mayor of the City, pass. Archbishop Kanishka Raphael or Anthony Fisher, Anglican Catholic, whichever your brand, pass. Actually, I'm going to go to lunch with Eddie O'Bead. You laugh, don't you? Because it's that outrageous. Now, I asked someone this week if they knew who Eddie Obeid is, and they said, no, they didn't know. And I said, really? Eddie, who must be obeyed? You don't know about Eddie Obeid. He's the former corrupt politician who currently is in jail, serving his second criminal sentence. First one was five years. The current one is seven. Who knows if there's more coming? And so Jesus goes to lunch with the Eddie beat of the day. And when this happens, the religious people of the day start crying out, basically, Jesus, what is going on here? Don't you know who you're having lunch with? And this is what the text of the Bible says. All the people saw this and they begin to mutter. And you can just imagine if you're here in church and they're all like, doesn't he know who Eddie Obeid is? <laughs> doesn't he know who Zacchaeus is? What is in his head? He's gone to have lunch with one of the great sinners of the city. And this is what I love about the story. You see, it starts with Zacchaeus, desperate to see Jesus. But where it turns is, Jesus says, actually, no, I want to see you. I want to come to your place. And you can just imagine Zacchaeus, who literally is not allowed in by the crowd, is perched up in the tree, desperate to see him, says, what, you want to see me? You want to have lunch with me? And it's worth noting that in that culture in that day, to have lunch with the person was a sign that you accepted them. You broke bread with them. You are now my friend. And so here you have the religious celebrity of the day befriending the outcast of Jericho. I just want to stop and say a couple of things to those who've wandered in these doors today and wondered, what might God think of me? I really want you to think about this story today. That God picked the outsider in the person of his son to have lunch with. And it's typical of what you see in the Gospels. That Jesus loves the outsider. That he loves the downtrodden. That he loves the written off. The one who thinks, I'll never be worthy to go in there. He loves the non-religious people of this world just as much as those who regularly come. But the incredible thing of the story is not just that Jesus loves him. It's the profound impact he has upon him. Let me illustrate it again from the life of Eddie O'B. 
He's been found twice guilty in the Sydney Court of Law for the offence of misconduct in public office for political corruption to gain advantage for himself and his family. Twice. He's received a five-year custodial sentence, which he served out on parole, and then he's been sent back in. This time, seven years. He has appealed at every turn of the corner. He has never once ever admitted guilt. And I don't think you'll ever hear him say the words, I was wrong. That's what the Edeo beads of this world are like. They've climbed the mountain, they think they're at the top, and they think they are above it all. Law, authority, and God. And they never think there'll be a day of reckoning. But something profound changed in Zacchaeus' life. He had been just the same as Eddie at the top of the tree. And when you're at the top, you think no one can touch you or harm you. But something changed deep within him. And I haven't spoken to Zacchaeus, but I can just presume he knew that there was something deep within him that was missing. And I've talked to many people who've made it to the top and they realise when they get there, it's a lonely place and it can be a very empty place. And there must be something more. There must be. And what I want to say to you is absolutely you're right and it's God. Because that's the person whom we are made to be in relationship with. And something in Zacchaeus' soul said that even though in a worldly sense he had it all, what he most needed was God. And so what he most needed to do was connect with this religious leader of the day, Jesus. And when he met Jesus, when he experienced his love unconditionally, his grace, his acceptance, and he stood in the presence of God, he says, I was wrong. You can have me. How do I know that? Because you see what response happens. In the most profound way, Zacchaeus stands up and says to the Lord in front of all the people that he's ripped off, here and now I'm going to give half of what I have to the poor. And if I've cheated any of you of anything, and I think they're all going, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to pay it back four times. It is one of the most profound transformations, it's what the Bible calls repentance, you'll see in the Bible. This story of Zacchaeus shows us the difference between the gospel of Jesus and the message of religion. The message of religion is change your life, clean up your life, work hard, and only then can you come in the doorway to God's family. Only then will God accept you. Only then can you come into his house. But the gospel says the exact opposite, and you see it in this story. Listen to what Jesus says. Today, salvation's come to this house because this man too is the son of Abraham. Why? The son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost. The gospel says Jesus has come to us and he's come to you. 
The gospel says, come to him with your sins, come to him with your burdens, come with your doubts, and Jesus will save you and transform you and flood you with his love and grace and joy. We don't earn it, we don't deserve it, but God in his love offers it to us freely. He says, just come and become mine. Let me finish with a question. What's the most important doorway in your life? I'll put it to you, it's not the doorway to your home and whether it's open or whether you locked it on your way out today. It's not the doorway to this church at Matthews and whether it's open or shut. It's actually the doorway to your heart and whether it's open to God. And if you're here today and you don't know God, I want to invite you to open your heart to Him and to come to Him. I'm going to finish now. Obviously, that's a conversation that we'd want to have with people and help people with. But I want to finish you with that thought that you open your heart to God. And if you haven't done that before, it simply means praying to Him and saying, God, I open my life to you. I want you to be in charge. Jesus, come in. Jesus said these famous words in the last book of the Bible, Revelation. Here, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. We're going to hear a great song now, one of the world's most famous hymns that the band's going to play for us. So Dave, if you're at the back, now's the time to come out. And I want you just to sit and listen to this song because it's a song so much about Zacchaeus, but it should be the song about all of us. Amazing grace.